0: You're listening to the Glam Observer podcast, and I'm your host, Emmanuel Maréchal. Glam Observer is an online destination for everyone passionate about fashion, beauty, blogging, and working in these three fields. This podcast is all about having great conversation with bloggers and people working in fashion and beauty to inspire and give tips and insights to whoever wants to work in these fields. Today, I'm talking to Francesco Fabiani, Education Manager at Ford. I met him through my flatmate friends and got intrigued when he told me what his job was. When I contacted him to be our guest on the podcast, it is because I had never heard of the role of education manager and I thought many of you would be the same. Up until now, we discussed a lot about fashion on the podcast, so I thought of inviting Francesco to give you a test of what it is like to work for one of the biggest beauty brands in the world and evolving within the same company. Francesco left Italy for London with a degree in Educational Technology and Special Education, a lot of passion and the will to work well and hard. His career path is really the example that passion can lead you to the place you want to be. So without further ado, take a seat, grab a cup of tea and tune in for a very interesting conversation.
1: You've been working and building your career
0: within Tomport for six years. How did you start your career there?
2: So I started my uh, career really when I when I moved to London, of course, before moving to London, I had uh, jobs in Italy while I was a student. But these at Tom Ford was my very first full time job. So I moved to London in uh, in 2011 and Mm -hmm. when I just completed my studies in educational technology and special education and I was looking for new exciting adventure. To be honest, I was quite open-minded in what to do. But something I had never tried before and I really wanted to give it a go with was working in retail. So I started working with a company that would book me in stores for temporary jobs, such as special promotions or cover absences as well. It was really a lot of fun. And apparently I was doing quite well as a salesperson. So they gave me a temporary job for a new brand that was launching in Harvey Nichols in Nicebridge. The counter was just next to the Tom Ford beauty counter, and I had a big passion for his private blend fragrance collection. I remember when a few years before I went to the cinema to watch his movie, A Single Man, I fell in love with his aesthetic so much that the first thing I did the next day was going to find his sense. So I approached the business manager, asking for a job at Tom Ford, any job. Can I have a job with you? I I would really love to work for Tom Ford. And luckily, there was a vacancy coming, so I applied and a few weeks later I started as a Tom Ford Specialist. So that's how my career started.
1: So from fashion, from a movie, you go Yes, job. true, true. So it was not your goal to work for the company, it, was, it came naturally, so it's quite incredible. Nowadays, in fashion and beauty, people stay maximum two, three years in a position. What convinced you to stay with Tom Ford?
2: Oh, well since i started working with tom for beauty i haven't had a dull moment first of all i have had a great passion for the brand i have a huge fan of tom ford and everything he does and i couldn't feel any prouder working for anyone else and training also i've always been exceptional and so i've been incredible opportunities that um, I, we uh, as specialists have been exposed to, such as working backstage on fashion shows or press events. Throughout the years, I have been promoted several times and I truly felt that the company had really been investing in my personal and professional development. I had the best and most supportive managers and mentors at any stage of my career with Tom Ford Beauty. And for this reason, staying with this company has been the most nat- natural choice for me.
1: So you mean that the management at Tom Ford is really like and strong to help people develop and then, you know, stay within the company because in most of the companies I've been working, it's not something I have seen so far that's quite exceptional.
2: I feel I've been really, really lucky with my managers. But when I speak to my colleagues, also working in different brands of the same corporation, they all have a very similar experience to mine. I don't know if it's something quite specific to the beauty industry, but I've always felt that it's made of great people and really passionate people, and it's hard work, but the managers, in my experience, whether the managers when I was on the shop floor or the managers now that I'm in a head office field position, uh, they've always been great, very supportive, and always looking to develop me and and help me at any point. So they've been a huge, huge part of, uh, of me staying with the brand, absolutely.
1: Oh, that's really cool. So, Can you talk us through the different positions you had until your assistant business manager role at Selfridges? Uh
2: Yes. So, well, I started, as I said, working for Tom for Beauty um, as a specialist. And uh, when I was a specialist, I was assisting the uh, the clients on the shop floor. Um, in Harvey Nichols, Um, That's when I started in April 2011. And then with the launch of cosmetics alongside the existing range of fragrances uh, in September 2011, and the growth of the team, because going from being just a fragrance counter to being a makeup counter, it asked so, for so much more uh, to do. And so I was then promoted to assistant business manager, And uh, one of the most exciting challenges here actually was uh, to grow from being a peer uh, of some of the team members to being one of their managers. And then in July 2012, the business manager role became vacant and I was promoted. So I started to be a manager in Harvey Nichols. And then in December 2013, the brand was looking for an assistant business manager for our biggest account in Selfridges, Oxford Street. And uh, this is when I left Harvey Nichols to take on the challenge of a bigger team and a completely different type of store. And that was, uh, and that was a very, very big uh, change for me. So although I went from a business manager position to an assistant manager, uh, an assistant manager position, the team was so much bigger and the responsibilities were so much higher that I felt I learned a lot in the process.
1: So how many people did you manage at Harvey Nichols and then at Selfridges?
2: In Harvey Nichols, I had we were a team of seven. Mm -hmm. And then in Selfridges, we were a team of 30.
1: Ah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the the gap is really huge.
2: The gap is huge. And Harvey Nichols is also a a boutique like uh, like environment. So it's much lower footfall um, and it's a different type of experience. Whereas Selfridges is in the middle of Oxford Street is where everything happens. So it's an extremely busy store. So all of the dynamics are completely different. So also working for the same brand in two different stores and being a manager. So being also the person who's responsible of ensuring the consistency of the brand was a completely new was a completely new job. It's really
1: it's really interesting that you had this both experience because. You know in uh, in London, it feels like sometimes um, assistance is something like you should assist when actually you have a lot more um, responsibility than you would expect from an assistant in uh, other countries I don't know Italy or France, for example.
2: You do because thinking of self of course the business manager, which had the same name and title that I had when I was in Harvey Eagles, but having a team so big and having a stockroom that is you know uh, four or five times the size. And having a completely different level of responsibilities, then that that means that the assistant manager also has to take on different responsibilities. So, um, absolutely, being an assistant business manager in the beauty industry, it's a it, it's a it's a great deal.
1: Okay, that's good to know. So you, so during your time working in retail with Tom Ford, you also worked backstage during the London Fashion Week for eight Season. What did you do there?
2: Oh yes, that was. That is still one of the one of the highlights of my career because working backstage was incredible. Um, Well, first of all, it was an honor being chosen by the brand education manager at the time, uh, who was the person that I uh, who was the role, which was the role that I now cover myself um, to assist them backstage with the grooming of the models and the back of house staff. so this is what we do backstage. we We get the models ready, ready for the show. Not only the models, but also all of the stuff, because let's remember, yeah. this is Tom Ford, so everything and everyone needs to look perfect. just how Tom Ford wants. If You've heard his interviews, you have heard this podcast, and you know his yeah. attention to details is, to detail is spared to none. And backstage is pretty hectic. There is the hair, the makeup, the dressing, but at the same time. Everything was perfectly organized. Everyone knew what they were doing. And mm-hmm. seeing the level of attention to detail and passion of Mr. Ford himself, who was working backstage with us, was a truly inspiring experience that I will remember forever.
1: I can't believe what you're saying because I don't know, when I imagine like people working backstage, I cannot imagine that the brand also takes care of the staff, you know, like the way they dress, the way, you know, they are. But it's incredible that you say that from the models going, you know, on stage, from the people working behind, you—they ha- all represent the brand so much that they have to be, you know, um, Tom Ford.
2: Yes, they, that's exactly that's exactly uh, the way we say as well. They have to look Tom Ford. Absolutely, the hair needs to be sleek. The makeup, whether it's a softer or bolder look, needs to be impeccable, applied in a Tom Ford way. It's a, strong, it's a strong point to preserve the image and the integrity of the brand. And I think this is what makes Tom Ford Beauty different to other brands out there. The fact that we have one creative director that looks after the fashion house and the cosmetics and the fragrances, he's the person that creates everything, creates this very strong vision, is one unique vision. And also the Tom for customers really see that, feel that, and love that about the brand.
1: So how would you describe the Tom the, the, the Ford Beauty customer? Who is, who is the, the woman and who is the man?
2: At the beginning, when I first joined the brand, uh, there was a certain type of client. Um, the brand had uh, the fragrances out since 2006, a mixture of ladies and gents fragrances, but the brand was still um, considered slightly more masculine appealing having Tom Ford as creative director of the of the menswear collection uh, and being a man himself. However, um, with the launch of cosmetics in 2011, there has been a huge and also the the launch of ladies wear in 2010. There has been a huge shift from uh, uh, mainly male appealing customer to male and women. And customers are really customers are of every age in every background you have the person who can treat themselves once in a while with a Tom Ford lip color or maybe have the fragrance for the entire year on the Christmas wish list and uh, cannot wait to receive the Tom Ford fragrance at Christmas to the person who really has a whole wardrobe of Tom Ford fragrances and only uses Tom Ford makeup Tom Ford foundation Tom Ford colors Tom Ford brushes So it's a true mixture. And what we do at Tom Ford is to be consistent and provide the same exact experience to every customer. What Tom Ford wants is to make sure that every customer is treated the same way so that they feel great. And this is what actually as a Tom Ford specialist, I always say this to my team, like there is nothing more satisfying than seeing a customer coming, maybe rushing or not being in the best mood possible and making them live happy with a smile, feeling good, changing their mood, changing their day. And we build beautiful relationships with our clients, and we can really do it. So uh, it, it's a real honor to have this type of job.
1: That's cool. So you have, like, from what I'm hearing, it means that you have people that are coming back because they know you, they, they know the staff, they know um, that you build, yeah. like, proper relationships.
2: That is true. And I think this is something uh, maybe that I have not experienced as much in fashion. I've never worked in fashion. But as a fashion client, the experience is is a little bit different. I think with beauty, you have the ability and the ease of building a more personal experience. Because every time a specialist, a sales consultant in any Mm. brand serves a client, it's more as a personal shopping type of service. Because it's about finding the right products for them even okay with tone 4 we are talking about a luxury cosmetic brand but when i'm thinking of also high street beauty brands it's always about asking what are the clients need sitting them down trying the products on them or maybe even spending 20 minutes half an hour to find the right fragrance with them so this inevitably uh, builds a relationship between you and the clients and as long as you are open to that relationship as long as you are um, you have love for what you do and for and for your clients and to find what they're looking for, you will be the relationship. So the clients may come to Tom Ford Beauty first. They will come because they love Tom Ford, because they've heard about it. They've smelled the fragrance on a friend that they love or they have seen his movies. But then they will return. Yes, if they found the product that they like the first time, but also if the person who served them, served them right.
0: Mm. Do you
1: think then, I don't know, like because there is such an experience um, at Tom Ford Beauty with the client, do you think that uh, this client then can convert to um, clients with the fashion side of Tom Ford because of this experience?
2: Well, well. Most of the most of the clients shop Tom for beauty. Well, instead of most, I should say some of the clients that shop Tom for beauty. Also, shop on for fashion. We have a lot of customers coming to us telling us that, oh yes, I wear Tom for suits. I love. I wear Tom for shoes. I have a Tom for a handbag. Or maybe I've been wearing Tom for for my wedding. Mm. Of course, uh, beauty comparing to fashion has got um, in general in the beauty industry has got the power of a lower uh, price point beauty Mm. is what enables to live the dream of fashion with high quality products um, in a way that you would not perhaps always be able to do um, if you are if you're trying some clothes instead Um, buying fashion can be uh, can be quite quite of a luxury no and so is buying at home for lipstick and at home for fragrance but it's definitely something that we can all do, uh, yeah. and uh, it's it's very aspirational. Uh, but yes, there is definitely, to answer your question, a cross between, between the two. And also, we do sell um, cosmetics in the Tom Ford store in uh, Sloan Street, okay. which is the fashion boutique. And there is where our clients can have the most uh, um, cross-category experience. Yeah finding the perfect look and then maybe um for with the clothes and then maybe having also the, their makeup done and uh, and finding the perfect fragrance to match that look
1: i'll ask you this because from what you said it feels like it's quite uh some products is quite uh, how do you say i don't know if you can say it's in beauty brand like usually i don't know if you're a customer uh because not everyone obviously have the means to buy you know uh, high fashion but um, usually it's either you just buy the beauty from a luxury brand or you just buy the fashion, not necessarily both.
2: That's Exactly.
1: I have, I'm going to go to the next question. So you have been promoted, you know, um, quite quickly, actually, a lot. Um, and I think in a company getting promoted within the same department is possible, but changing um, to another one is another story. So what made you decide you wanted to become a field education executive?
2: Oh, well, uh, it was not almost a decision. It was more of a a dream. Um, Education and trainings have always been a dream of mine. I studied education, as I said, and I've always loved the idea to be able to get the best out of people, knowing that I can do something to make them be the best version of themselves in what they do. Uh, I've also always loved attending trainings, and I've always had an admiration for my trainers. So I've been fortunate enough to have these amazing trainers um, when working on, uh, on the Shuffler, and I, and I really wanted to be one myself. Now, mm-hmm. my company really values the experience of the people who make the brand what it is by presenting it every day to clients. By, by these, I mean the, the sales assistant, the Tom for specialist. Because they are the people who ensure excellent level of customer services all the time and also develop, um, and the company also develops you during your entire journey of your career so that you can really feel that you can aspire to be who you want to be in the future. Knowing that this actually a real opportunity, uh, I am not the only person who was promoted from an operations role to a field or head office role. And the role of field education executive um, is about working alongside the sales executives, spending time traveling across the UK to support all of the specialists and managers in our different point of sales with training and personal development. Um, Mm -hmm. We set sales and education goals with them, and we support them with the right tools to achieve them. I've always loved having my trainings coming, uh, trainers, sorry, coming to store to spend time with me. And so, how could I have not uh, loved being a trainer myself?
1: I see. That's really uh, that's really interesting. So, from what you say, I understand that many people, maybe in your case, um, in terms of changing position within the company, but in terms of staying long in the company to right? Yes. So this is a characteristic of. Uh, Beauty or Tom Ford, do
2: you think? I know many people across different brands uh, in my corporation who have been with the corporation for a very long time. Um, there are also many people in Tom for Beauty who have been with the brand for a very long time. I know people who have been with Tom for Beauty since it first opened in 2006. Wow. I still work with people who have done the launch of Tom Ford Black Orchid. was the very first fragrance Um, and it's great right and because i i I don't know i i don't know how to compare this with fashion but what i can say about beauty is that i like to think that well you have to think that there are uh, many counters for one for one specific brand Mm -hmm. so there are many many opportunities for a person that works with a specific brand in beauty to be able to uh to be promoted Mm -hmm. As I did, for example, I had two promotions in the same counter. But then what was going to be my next step? Working on a bigger counter. So then I was moved in a a role, in a system manager role, in a bigger counter. My next step could have also been to go from that role to be the business manager in Selfridges. Mm. Whereas instead, I was fortunate to, to, to take a different route fortunate for me for what i like and what my ambitions were obviously and take a different route and then start to work in a in a field a national role uh, in education so i think the beauty really allows that because there are many points of sales there are many situations many distributions different stores and but also because there are certain companies and tom for beauty uh, being part of the companies as well invest a lot of time in the development of their people and then with the developments, the promotion comes and the loyalty to mm-hmm. and the loyalty to the to what you do and to your and to your company comes as well
1: you know that's so rare. you know i've been like working in fashion for four years i've changed like uh, at least no it's three companies <laughs> and i just wanted yeah. four years so it's uh, incredible what you say to me that you can stay six years because um in comparison after one or two years in working in a fashion company i always feel like either it's a problem of not being able to get promoted you know because there is actually no other position that is created for you to uh promote there are no nothing that is done to make people evolve that's the impression i have from fashion but from what you're saying feels like there is always something to learn in uh, in beauty uh,
2: the beauty industry it's, uh, is, is growing and, and has been growing so fast in the past few years. So you said something that really um, uh, sounds sound, sound true to me. Um, there are new roles created. With Tom for Beauty being a niche brand when it first opened, to becoming this huge luxury brand that is now, a lot has been happening in the past seven years that I've been with the brand. So in a way, mm-hmm. you were also really right when you said, do you think it's something in general in the beauty industry or this is something with Tom Ford Beauty? I would say it's a mixture of both. As I said, mm-hmm. I believe that the beauty industry really allows uh, people to to grow because there are many different roles. But also, I was lucky to, to start to work with Tom Ford when it was still a little brand and and then with the expansion, new roles have been created. And of course, there was space for us and for those who decided to stay with the brand to develop. But having said that, there are also people who have joined in the recent years and uh, they have been promoted to, to, to training roles. So this means that, you know, it's about developing the people, uh, getting the right people for the right jobs and then working with them so that then when the next... Challenge comes, and or the next opportunity comes, uh, there is already the right person internally in the brand to be promoted. Definitely, yeah, rather promoting internally than uh, taking somebody externally. Because in my opinion,
1: it means like you do better your job if you like you know stay in the in the same company. It means like you know the company, you know the process, you know every little product, you know how to. Um, you know adapt to every change each time because you are the same company for a long time and you are actually formed to evolve there whereas from in my case being in fashion all the time it's like i feel like if i need to be promoted i need to leave a job and get another one yeah and then get see. to a new future each time so it's a really different process so Speaking of process, did the, tra- the, did the transition between shop floor and corporate was hard?
2: Um, well, I felt that for me, becoming a field education executive was a natural transition. Uh, because as I said, the company had invested time and resources, develop- developing me uh, through the years. And as you said, I also knew the brand uh, uh, really well. And as an education executive, you really had uh, the holder of, of the knowledge of the brand and the products. Um, mm-hmm. So. Of course, there are always a little challenges along the way, but I had the best manager there, always able to support me in anything I needed and to look up to as an example. And I believe that being on the shop floor first, I feel that added really everything to my role. When speaking to my specialists, I knew exactly their point of view. I knew the challenges. I knew what they needed more help with. And I felt that them, knowing my background, um, were also trusting me more. And let's face it, we all like to be trained by people who actually know about the job.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs> that we feel we know that what they are doing, no? Who have experienced the same situation and uh, may have faced the same challenges. So I think that um, overall, it was a quite natural process to adapt to the new role. Okay,
1: so you didn't feel like much uh, much changes. It was just like something you wanted to do from... A long time, so it was just
2: natural. It was just natural because we all have our trainers uh, in beauty. So we have our trainers coming to store and spending time with us, and then we go to the head office and we have our our training in the classroom. And so we know exactly. Well, we think that we know exactly what's what's in a trainer role, what's in an education role. And then, of course, when you work in the role, you know that there is so much more behind it, behind it. That is uh, so much work, but that that is absolutely fine, but it's still a role that we are familiar with, and so if you are passionate about presenting to the others to being with the others, and then when you when you finally get the, get the job it's like a dream come true
1: hmm. so now you are an education manager. what is yes. you about? because you know uh, when uh, you know I, I first contacted you, I thought it was something special because I never heard about this. Kind of role, and you uh-huh, yes. Common beauty.
2: Well, um, so my first job in uh, in the field was being education executive. So I had an education manager. But then, with the expansion of the brand and the number of store and the responsibilities of my of my director, the brand had to look into new structures. So it was a great pleasure to be promoted to uh, to education manager and having a new field education executive working in my team. Mm -hmm. So I now conduct uh, classroom trainings. So I do basic schools for the new starters and seasonal seminars um, for the updates. And I have a team, including my education executive and the regional retail experience ambassadors uh, to mentor and develop. Mm -hmm. So my education executive is also national. So. Uh, she does the same job that I was used to do before when I was education executive. And then there are also now regionally, because the brand has expanded, regional trainers. And we call them retail experience ambassadors who are solely based in stores. So they work across a region in all of the stores to support and develop the team. So this is what I do. I mentor and develop them and so that they can be the best support for our specialists who have the most important job after all, which is advising the clients at the point of sale. And so now the 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 education team has grown and I work for my um, education director, who was my manager before. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and it's a great job. I love it.
1: So you must travel a lot.
2: I do. I was used to travel much more when I was education executive um, because I was more based in store. Whereas now, because I also spend time in the in the classroom, it's more of a mixture.
1: Yeah. Okay. So how do you, how do you work then? How do how does like a week look like?
2: So I don't have a fixed agenda, and that's I think also the beauty of my job. Um my work definitely includes some administration and instant management. And when we have trainings, I spend weeks in the training room at our head office. And then when I'm not conducting trainings, I am on the shop floor with our teams. Um oh i always have my work phone and laptop with me so that my office is with me at any time and uh, i think that i'm very lucky having the right balance of of both i, I love being in the training room uh, and i love being in meetings i love doing what more like technically an education manager does but i would miss um the shuffler and, mm-hmm. and being far from hit for, uh, for from for too long i would miss you know, playing with the products, knowing what I am training, how does what I've trained reflect really mm. on the soft floor? So, what I ask my specialist to do, I need to do it as well. Otherwise, I wouldn't know how to change it and to make it better. So, yeah. and plus, I would miss working with the specialist. We feed out of each other energy so much, and uh, and it's so important and it's so important that um, everybody knows that. We are all there to do the same job, and serving the client is the most important job um, of all. So I love working with a specialist on the shop floor.
1: No, yeah, that's really true. Mm-hmm. What you say—that to be able to teach something, you must have experienced it from the other side too.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I believe mm-hmm. in that one hundred percent.
1: And since you are often on the move, what determines the next place you will go each time?
2: Uh, well, where to be next really depends on the needs of the business um the education team has its own agenda so of course we have to ensure that the education strategies are shared with all of the specialists across all points of sales and this is to ensure consistency and to ensure that everybody knows what they are doing they know the new products they know the new strategies however uh, ultimately the tools that the trainers give to the trainees in the retail industry and i believe maybe the same in fashion are are there to support the sales so, there is always an open communication with the sales team. And uh, following uh, sales and team reviews, we plan the visit where our support is needed. Mm-hmm. So, it's really much about looking where our support is needed. And then we will plan our travels um, and our additional trainings based on that.
1: So, you're in charge of UK and Ireland, right? So, you travel? Correct.
2: So, as a region, we are UK and Ireland.
1: You travel between like both, and do you have places you go in uk the most or so time?
2: we we travel we try to spend our time between myself and my education executive and also um my education director who also uh manages to find time to to travel um and to be with the teams because as as we said, we all believe that this is one of the most important things um across all all stores. But definitely some of the cities where we spend the most of the time, because we have higher number of stores and bigger teams is uh, of course the London area and Manchester as well and Dublin. So we we travel really uh, across all of the UK. But certainly when there is a bigger team, we have to visit more often to be able to touch more people as possible. This is why Manchester, for example, um, is one of the cities where we go uh, to the most.
1: Okay, um, I also think you know you've created this uh, account uh, that you know um, on Instagram. You know.
2: Um... Ah yes, TFB Pro underscore Francesco. Yes. Yeah.
1: Can you talk us about it because I don't know any brand doing that, so I'm curious sure ah. about.
2: Well, so of course we all know the importance of the importance of social media and how how strongly they are influencing the the beauty industry as well and so with tom for beauty being um a brand with one precise strong vision it was really a pleasure for me to to be able and to be allowed to create a profile which is pretty much myself at work what i like what is new um and just to be able to show it to To everyone, so this is what I do. If you follow me on Tom for uh, TFB Pro underscore Francesco, is where you have the ability to see. Okay, there is a new product. When is the product out? What is the product about? But also, you may see me in store doing, you know, training with my teams, or maybe presenting at a specific event. It's still a very uh, small uh, account, but uh, hopefully, I'll be able to to grow it and. I mean, Tom for Beauty is more than a job for me. Of course, it's been my life for almost seven years and uh, I really enjoy what I do. So it's just great to be able to share with everybody what I do and, and what I like.
1: Yeah, but I follow you and I've seen that you really enjoy um, what you do. But I was surprised because now everything is about having an influencer, you know, doing your thing on uh, on Instagram. And the fact that Tom Ford shows, like, because you're not the only one, right? Having, an, uh, you have other uh, education managers or I think having accounts, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, so there is also Michelle, who's my education executive, who's got her own account, TSB Pro underscore Michelle. So yes, it's the two of us. But also, uh, it's about making sure that everybody shares and talk talks about Tom for Beauty. So mm-hmm. we really invite our specialists, if they want, so our our sales consultants, right? We call them specialists, to post mm-hmm. about Tom for. So everybody should be free within their own profile to be able to share and, and talk about what they like and what they want. So TFB Pro Francesco, it's, uh, it's all uh, about Tom Ford. That's my world, that's the world of Tom Ford. But that doesn't mean that that's the only way. We've got people in our brand who have their own Instagram profile and maybe they really, uh, they, they go out every weekend and they like to take pictures of, of the fantastic dishes that they eat at the restaurant. But then they also like Tom Ford, and so they put photos about Tom Ford. So, as long as you are genuinely posting about things that you like, mm-hmm. um, then then do it. So we really, uh, Michelle and I are more there to be also an example for our for our specialists of what they can do with the love of Tom Ford, and also especially Michelle is really good at this. Uh, she does also some little tutorials on herself on how to apply makeup and so many times then we go to store and we have our specialist telling us yes i've seen you talking about the fragrance or i've seen you applying color the way and i went and did it immediately on a client because i was inspired and i felt more confident on how to use the product so it also works as a training for our specialists in store and it's a more engaging training because right because our specialists are you know, they are of every age, but of course we have a lot of millennials, so they really love like following social media. And it's also a nice way for us to interact with them and to build our relationship with our specialists.
1: Oh, I love that. Is that an idea you proposed or is that some, uh, something that were like, okay, you can, you know, have your own Instagram account and create, you know, content around some force?
2: No, that was a great idea from our uh, communications team alongside our incredible, incredible um, general manager. So there was a conversation with our brand general uh, manager and vice president here in the UK. Mm-hmm. And um, she had this conversation with both communications and education team. so with my uh, my education director. And, and they came out uh, all together with this um, idea and they asked Michelle and I, to be uh, the ambassadors on uh, on our social media, and then yes, and to start this, and I think it was um, I think it was a great idea because in general, as education, we work with all departments. So when mm-hmm. it comes to driving sales, we work with the sales team, and then we can go in the store and support our specialists. But we also work a lot with marketing um, for customers, events for special events in special locations for new launches, and with uh, communication, so PR for press and influencers. So we do press appointments and influencers appointments too.
1: Okay. I was Like I said, when I saw your first your time, when you invited people to discover this account, I was like, oh, that's really um, unique, you know, for me because I, I don't know any, of, any other brands doing in beauty uh, doing, doing that. So I was like, that's good because I feel I can trust you because you're within the brand. You know the brand the best and you can tell I don't feel like it's pushy, like when you have an influencer promoting something. I just feel like it's quite natural to me when I see, when I see it.
2: That's great. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you can, you can really see that because I feel that that is how it is. And I'm very happy to hear that you enjoyed. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so you were re- recently introducing the first ever Tom Ford grooming store to GQ and British Radio and TV presenter George Lang. What is your part in this kind of project?
2: Oh, okay. that was that was a very, very big uh, deal organized by our communications team. And uh, so it was an incredible honor because that was the first ever Facebook live streaming for Tom Ford Beauty. Ah. And it was the very first live streaming and uh, um, it was in collaboration with British uh, GQ. And that was an occasion of the opening of the Tom Ford First Beauty freestanding store in Covent Garden. So Tom Ford has opened in middle of November, his first freestanding beauty store in the best place for it in Covent Garden in London. And Mm -hmm. so that's where there is a whole world of fragrance, beauty and grooming. And so I was chosen to be the ambassador for the brand by our communications team. And because we've never done a live before, we have never had a brand ambassador. So that was also like a big responsibility for me yeah. and um, but as we work closely with, uh, with the uh, with the communications team as education team um they, they chose me and also thank you for uh, to my uh, education uh, director uh, to to trust me and to to put me forward with the communications team for this role
1: it's been an um, exceptional
2: experience sorry
1: I've watched, I've, I've watched it, <laughs> I was curious, like when you put it, I, I, um, um, I, I, I watched it and I was like, I could see you were really like, you know, um, the ambassador, like you were really um, <laughs> putting, you know, your best, I was really, it was really nice to watch it.
2: Thank you, thank you, no, it, it was fun to take George Lamb around the Covent Garden store. Uh. You know it was about making him discover the exclusive services that tom for beauty offers there because we've got services that we are not able to to offer anywhere else uh including makeup services but of course for british gq we were focusing on the on the grooming services so we have a full grooming room with an expert groomer there as well and um so he also received a very luxurious um, george lamb received a very luxurious grooming experience and Well, he seemed pretty satisfied in the end too didn't he yeah he
1: was (laughs) he
2: was he was it was it was quite fun it was it was a really good fun and of course a privilege for me to do that
1: no it was incredible and also the 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 story itself um is incredible it feels like i don't know new space um out of the world space so it's quite it's quite incredible and the way you presented the fragrance it's are you specialist in fragrances more than makeup it feels to me
2: um because for the for the live we really focus on that because we had a gentleman but uh we spend i spend my, my time equally on on fragrance and makeup but um of course and grooming of course but i've got a huge passion for fragrances obviously this is how i started with tom ford beauty when it was only a fragrance brand and I wear more fragrances than makeup myself, so of course I have a huge, huge passion for fragrance, but I love how transformative makeup is, and I love working with high-quality makeup and making a woman look and feel absolutely glamorous, so I really love both.
1: So you do know, you also know how to do makeup, that's um, something you were taught at some first.
2: Ah, okay, this is a fun story. When I first joined Tom Ford Beauty and I went for the job, uh, Tom Ford didn't have any uh, makeup yet. That was April 2011. And of course, we knew that only a few months later, Mm -hmm. Tom Ford would have launched a range of cosmetics. And so they asked me, like, how do you feel about applying makeup? I'm like, okay, I have never done it professionally, but, (coughs) excuse me, I really love uh, applying makeup. Um I do it on my friends. I, I watch YouTube tutorials and I think makeup is a lot, a lot of fun. And they were mm-hmm. like, okay, so uh, we still have, we, st- we really like you, Francesco, and we want you to work with uh, um, with Tom for Beauty. Of course, this counter, which is Arvin Nichols, is going to be a makeup counter. So what we are going to do, we are going to, um, in a few months, trade text you, And so we are going to do like a test. So you're going to apply a makeup on a a model. And and if you are if you if we feel that you are the right person to be here when the makeup is here, you will be here. If not, we still have stores that only sell fragrance. So um, we will see what's going to be the next step. But it was
1: uh, a test, basically.
2: Sorry, it was your test. Yeah, it was a test, but they already took me to work because they knew that there was going to be a plan B. Uh, in Um. the worst case scenario, because we still had stores that did not sell any makeup. So, yes, I had uh, I had a makeup test. Absolutely. And this is what we do when we when we take new people on board um, in the brand, we need to see the level of makeup and the level of skills, because, of course, it's a luxury Mm. brand. And I did my test. So at the time when I did my test, we did not have time for makeup yet. So I had a selection of makeup from the corporation and my education manager was like, okay, you've got the makeup here, create a look with these, uh, on this model. And it's a look, and uh, apparently he was happy of what I did because then uh, I I continued to work in other and then he chose me to work backstage with him as well. So um, the rest is history. Oh, that's nice,
1: That that's, that's, that's incredible that you you, you get to do that so which advice would you give to someone who wants to work in the beauty industry
2: well i think that if you have a passion for fragrances and cosmetics then working in beauty is just a joy every day it is always very exciting you get to meet new people you build beautiful relationships with your colleagues and with your clients and you get to play with the products that you love the most Mm In beauty, there is always space for development. And if you work hard, it's easy to be be promoted. My best advice then would be to be humble and open to do what is needed from you. Don't stick only to what is on your job description. If you love, and this I think applies to every job probably, not just in beauty. Mm -hmm. If you love your job, it should be a pleasure for you to go the extra mile. So be prepositive show your passion and enthusiasm in what you do. And I can almost guarantee you that you will certainly become who you want to be. So this would be my best advice.
1: And to someone who would like to do what you do?
2: Well, I would say the most important thing, and I think the biggest um, factor for me uh, to get my job is to... um, you know, really show that I love what I do, because uh, I believe that, um, you know, you can teach many things. You can teach many things and uh, um, and to but to be a trainer, you have to be. And I don't I'm not saying I'm the best at it, but I'm saying that what I aim to be is to be inspiring for the people Mm -hmm. that I spend time with. But to be inspiring, you have to you have to have passion and uh and you know there are always moments in our in our day job where you know we we have other things going on in our life but we should always find in the depth of our heart where our passion for what we do is and because if you have the passion you can be great and if you want to be a trainer if you want to work in education you have to be passionate because how can you make the other people passionate Uh, and do the job well if you're not passionate yourself so I think that's the main thing always finding and showing the passion that you have for what you do to me is the key word
1: I feel I felt that that's why I asked you to be there to be you know you remember the first I went to your um
2: the place you were living
1: first and I saw in your bathroom the Tom Ford product and they were put you know exactly so beautifully like in a shop (laughs) so I was like and even
2: at home, <laughs> true. Yes, I only use them for products. Uh, exactly. sometimes I try other things as well, but I always go back to some forth.
1: so when I was there, I was like, I just feel like I'm you know in the most beautiful shop with good products, and I was like, next time I'm gonna buy you know this thing of Stamford because even though it's for um you know, I think it was something from Mel, I don't remember the product. I was like, it's so beautifully put, I just want to have it. <laughs>
2: Thank you. That visual is so important as well, isn't it? It's true, it's true.
1: But you see, it's like when you talk about this thing about passion, it's like I see it even, you know, from the place where you're living.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's a big compliment. That's also, that's also uh, Jonathan, my, my, my husband, who is really uh, good at keeping, at keeping everything looking great at home as well, because he loves it too
1: but that's good that i i can see it you know even in the way you dress you know i i don't know we we can see your passion even if you don't tell people you are working for somebody you can see your passion as well what you do
2: (laughs) oh thank you so much thank you for saying that
0: (laughs) thank you francesco
2: my pleasure
0: and that's a wrap i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i enjoyed talking with francesco If you want to leave us a review about this episode or give us some feedback, don't hesitate to do so on iTunes. To find us, just type Glam Observer in the search bar and you'll find all the episodes we've recorded so far. Now, before leaving, I wanted to remind you that the Glam Observer membership is live. We created it to help all of you who dream to work in fashion and beauty or want to become an entrepreneur or a blogger. The membership gives you access to exclusive content such as career advice, template to help you find your career path, and many other things you can discover going on GlamourServer.com. See you on the next episode. Bye!